Ideas in STEM Ed is a production of the Idea Engineering Student Center at UC San Diego, which works to promote community, success, and inclusion at all levels. My name is Darren Lapomi, Professor of Nanoengineering and Chemical Engineering and Faculty Director of the Idea Center. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a forum for the discussion of innovative and inclusive approaches to teaching and mentoring, and to support the personal and academic flourishing and success of students in science and engineering. To learn more about the Idea Center, visit jacobschool.ucsd.edu front idea. I'm speaking today with Maynard Okereke. Maynard is a trained civil and environmental engineer who developed a second career in scientific communication for young people and particularly young people of color. He arrived at this interest from a previous careers in engineering and then acting and, uh, and also music. Um, he is also a seasoned entrepreneur forgive the pun, uh, with his own line of flavoring salt, which are vegan and the number one selling brand on Amazon. He is the host of Hip Hop Science um, as his alter ego, the Hip Hop MD. He is a renowned public speaker and advocate for diversity in STEM. He's a true Renaissance human being, and it is my honor to check in with him today. Maynard, welcome to Ideas in STEM Education. Hey, thank you, Darren, for that amazing introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your parents did. Yeah, um, I kind of grew up in a wide array of areas. I was born in Austin, Texas, uh, but my parents are from West Africa. My dad's uh, from Nigeria. My mom's from Cameroon. And so they came to the country, they had me while they're going to school. And my mom actually sent me back home uh, shortly after I was born. My aunt raised me in Cameroon in West Africa. So I lived in Cameroon for about five years uh, and then came back to the U.S. when I was about six and, uh, and spent most of my time in the Northwest between uh, Portland and Seattle area. And so my parents were, you know, my mom had background as, uh, as a teacher. She taught Head Start. Uh, my dad had a janitorial business. Um, so very, you know, blue collar, hard workers, West African, all, you know, they came in with the plan of we're going to do what we can and uh, make the money that we can and hopefully give you guys a, a better life. And so that was kind of the origin of my family and my uh, kind of humble upbringings. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So they they're UT alum then. Yeah, they went to University of Texas. Yes. Yeah. My yeah. my wife and most of her family too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what were you <laughs> What were you like as a kid? Man, I was I was always a high energy kid for sure, hundred percent. I I was a type of kid that used to get kicked out of class for laughing too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was always a clown. Uh, always enjoyed having a good time, always enjoyed making people laugh, uh, always loved being the center of attention. Uh, but at the same time, too, I was always inquisitive. I was curious. I asked questions about everything. I would always have my hand up in class. And uh, so growing up, I just used to love exploring. I used to be immersed in nature. Like wildlife was one of my very first passions. And that was kind of ultimately my first introduction into science. I used to love going to local uh, pond that we had not too far from my house. And I go there and explore and catch insects and frogs and snakes. And I just loved wildlife, anything wildlife I was enamored by. And that sounds like E.O. Wilson's uh, up, upbringing <laughs> <laughs> until catching ants and bugs and yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I remember my mom got me these like wildlife fact cards and it had all these different uh, facts about different organisms and their habitats and everything like that. And like to this day, I could just list off all sorts of different random facts about organisms. So that was definitely my very first scientific love for sure. <laughs> what, what was your group of friends like? Did they share in this or were you kind of a, an, an outlier, if not outcast? <laughs> I'll, definitely an outlier for sure. 100% outlier. I didn't really have many people that had that same love. But at the same time, too, I was very unique. I was very eclectic. So I did all these wide array of things that didn't really make sense to a lot of people. So I had that wildlife science nerd side. But I was also an athlete. I, you know, I, was play, I, played, I played all sports, right? I was doing basketball. I was doing football. I was doing track. I was doing soccer. Uh, I was into music and everything as well, too. So I was performing, doing talent shows. Like, I had the whole wide spectrum of everything. So I always kind of taught, I always told myself I always fit into different circles. Like, one day I'd be with the jocks. One day I'd be with the nerds. One day I'd be on this side. I never had one kind of stereotypical group that I was with. I was just a free roamer, wanderer, and just loved being around people that did cool things. <laughs> and when you went to University of Washington, you went there to study biology. Uh, and then you uh, met up with friends in the National Society for Black Engineers, uh, NSBE, and then you switched to engineering. Tell me about that transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to school with the goal of becoming a wildlife scientist. I wanted to do wildlife biology, you know, because like I said, I grew up just loving wildlife and loving organisms. And I got there and I had I got so much flack from everybody, from other peers, teachers, educators, people like you don't want to study that. There's no money in going to wildlife biology. You want to go where the money's at. You need to do engineering. You need to do computers like that's where the money's at. And I think part of it, looking back on it, I can reflect back on it now, is that people just didn't really see a lot of people that looked like me studying wildlife biology and wildlife science. And so I really got talked out of it my freshman year. And so I started to connect with other people that were doing other things in different fields. And I knew I wanted to do something in the sciences. And so I started connecting with people, like I said, in National Society of Black Engineers and met a lot of people that looked like me that were studying engineering. And so I started learning a little bit more about the engineering fields and it still fit in with a lot of different things that I love doing. I still love design. I love building things and constructing things and being innovative and coming up with ideas. And so I found civil environmental engineering to kind of be in the same ballpark. I had a chance to take some environmental courses and wildlife courses that still kind of fit with what I loved. Uh, and then kind of having the whole ecology element of thinking about nature and humans and how we interact with our environments. And so that's how I ended up getting into the civil environmental engineering. And even then I, you know, had a, I, you know, I worked at, I did an internship as a nuclear engineer for a while as well too, while I was in college. And, uh, and even that I always kind of felt disconnected. I felt never really truly belonging in the field because we didn't have many people that looked like me doing that work and telling mm. people that I was an engineer and I had this kind of different background and I was doing this internship as a nuclear engineer. I always got these weird looks and people just didn't understand because I didn't fit the bill. I didn't fit the mold for yeah. what an engineer looked like. And so it was definitely a tough trajectory getting into the field, but I, you know, I stayed curious and always asking questions like I was raised. And so that's what really ultimately kept me invested and ultimately graduated with a degree in civil environmental engineering. What was your first job out of undergrad? 
I worked uh, I worked as an engineer. I worked as a project engineer with uh, this general contracting firm uh, called Turner Construction uh, in Seattle. And that was my very first job. I got that. Actually, I got it a couple months before I graduated. So I was blessed. I had a job waiting for me as soon as I was done. And I remember I started like pretty much less than a week after I graduated and they sent me out on this remote project out in Eastern Washington. And I was in the boonies for two years uh, living in Eastern Washington. People that aren't familiar with Eastern Washington is very different from Western Washington, Seattle. Uh, it is very, uh, very desolate. Uh, it's pretty much farming areas. And I was doing a big project for uh, Microsoft. We were building a big data center out there. And I was out there for two years before ultimately coming back to Seattle and working on a number of other big high infrastructure projects. And that was actually my first and only job as an engineer <laughs> after, after graduating, yes. So then uh, what made you move into more humanistic pursuits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so just like I mentioned when I was in uh, elementary school and high school, I was always into multiple different things and that never stopped even while I was in college and post-college as well too. So in college, I was, I was doing all sorts of different things outside of science and engineering and education. I was still doing music work. I was working as an artist myself. I was doing album projects. I was touring. I was in the studio working with other artists and songwriting and all these different things. Uh, I was doing stage theater projects as well too. And I continued doing that after I graduated. And I was you know, going for commercial auditions and uh, going for film auditions and then working on an album project and then come back the next morning and be uh, and be out on the field working on this data center project or working on <laughs> building another stadium project. So I always had my hands into multiple different things because I just was passionate about so many different things. And really the transition of going into more of the entertainment entrepreneur side was really for me just never feeling like I've fully gave that a great shot, right? I was always investing in school and education. And finally, after I graduated and I worked for a number of years, I was like, I want to transition into what I really, really love doing. And I had a passion for these different things, but I didn't really give it a hundred percent. And so that's kind of what got me to making that leap of faith and resigning from my job and moving down to Hollywood to pursue the whole entertainment dreams and aspirations. Did your parents, uh, were your parents worried that they try to dissuade you or maybe not your parents. I don't want to put any any blame on, <laughs> on them uh, or to ascribe any motivations to them. But did people in your in your orbit say, uh, where's your income stream going to be? You know, you're going to be a, a gig worker. Like, uh, how, yeah. did, how did that go down? Yeah, my parents were actually, especially for being African parents, right, which are notoriously known for like, you are going to do this engineer, lawyer, doctor, and that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life. My parents were actually very supportive of my transition uh, going into entertainment because they'd seen me do everything uh, education wise that I told them I was going to do and that I wanted to do all throughout my career. I got, a, you know, I was a valedictorian in high school. I got a full ride scholarship to the University of Washington to graduate. I got a job. I worked on these, you know, high profile projects. I'd done literally everything that I needed to done. I'd got, I, even after graduating, even after uh, my job at Turner, you know, I bought a place like within a couple of years, I did kind of the whole American dream, white picket fence kind of progress, everything. And now it was like me kind of stepping back 
and being like, okay, what other things do I want to do? And so I'd done everything else educationally and professionally. And now it's time for me to kind of do what I wanted to do creatively. And they were very supportive of that. But I definitely had friends and other peers that were like, how are you going to leave this great job and go and start from scratch again? And I was like, you know, I'm passionate about doing things. And my, my, I always have this quote that I live by, when you find your passion, it becomes your purpose and you can no longer be passive. And doing the work that I was doing in engineering was great. It was making great money, but it didn't fuel me. It didn't give me the energy. It didn't give me that kind of sus- that sustenance that I needed to just go out there every single day and put in the work. And I wanted to do something that gave me that drive and gave me that extra motivation and the creative side the entertainment side was what did that for me and so that really fueled my transition i really envy your fortitude and and motivation and and uh and mm-hmm. commitment to doing that because i uh, in my own my own career has kind of taken a uh, a turn toward public communication mm-hmm. this youtube channel it's probably the most impactful thing that I that I do. I mean, I don't know if any of my research papers are ever going to get like lead to a product or, you know, uh, contribute to human well being. But I know this work has I mean, I've gotten, uh, you know, YouTube comments and so forth. But I but when I decided to do it, I had a job like, you know, I had this faculty position that I was still going to get paid at. So I, I really, uh, I, I really, really envy your, your, uh, your fortitude and, uh, and commitment. Um, yeah, no, thank you. No, yeah. And that, and that's, and, and literally I, I tell people that, I, and I think everybody has that, uh, within them, right? Like, just like you said, doing, doing, the, you know, this podcast and doing all these events on YouTube and everything like that. So like, there's always creative ways where you can be able to showcase your skill sets in whatever profession that you're doing. And I think everybody's always trying to find what that is, like what that, what they're really, how they can really be able to utilize their skill sets and transition into something that's somewhat creative and kind of a different outlet than the normal pathway, you know? And I think that's within everybody. You just really have to find what really motivates you and, and then stay dedicated and stay and stay consistent with it. You know, at the end of the day, that's what's going to lead to ultimate success. What acting gigs did you have? What uh, jobs were you particularly uh, proud of the outcome? Wow. Uh, I did so many random (laughs) acting projects. As you know, coming, moving down to LA and being an aspiring actor, you literally start from the bottom of the barrel, right? So I did everything from being an extra on sets and being a background person to having a lot of opportunities to star in some short films. Uh, I had uh, had a short film project uh, that I did uh, with a couple of friends of mine uh, that actually did pretty well. And we we submitted it for uh, festivals and we got nominated like top eight in short films, Scott's Country for this uh, NBC short film fest, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, and that kind of spearhead into having some other uh, small gigs. I did a couple projects with Kevin Hart uh, and uh, and then did some uh, another big short film that did really well in festivals. And so a lot of my stuff was really like short film, probably nothing that anybody's out there is probably going to be like, oh, I recognize you from that. Uh, but I had some really cool underground projects that I was definitely proud of. Um, and then just and then doing a lot of like social media stuff, right? Like social media things were bubbling up and doing a lot of video content, a lot of sketch comedy work and got to collaborate with a lot of like great comedians and different things on different projects. And so I think that versatility for me was probably the part that I enjoyed the most. How about music? Uh, how have you continued your passion for music? 
Yeah. So not so much more music right now, um, but I did. Music was definitely one of my big focuses when I moved out here to L.A. Uh, I had a couple of album projects that I worked on. Um, I had a chance to do a, a couple of big like big shows out here and uh, do some small local tours with different artists. And music, like I said, was one of my first loves as well, too. I was always passionate about music. And to this day, I, you know, I still write. I still obviously really in tune with different things going on in the music industry. But I think that love for music ultimately set that foundation for a lot of the other things that I ended up doing, right? Because that, the creativity element, the ability to be able to transition and kind of be in a different mindset uh, really helped me, I think, a lot doing entertainment work. And definitely once I really started to hone in on the whole hip hop science element as well. How did hip hop science start? So have you, have you, are you continuing your acting work or are you in, or is hip hop science now a full-time job? Yeah. Uh, at this point, yeah. Hip hop science is definitely one of my <laughs> many full-time jobs <laughs> that I have at this moment. I tell people I have multiple full-time jobs that I'm doing, but it didn't start out at that. It started, you know, the whole hip hop science platform actually started out as sketch idea right i was trying to get booked for different projects and i remember i got some advice from people uh at that time who were like you know you're not going to get cast for different things that you want to star in you really have to let these casting directors and people out there know okay who are you at the core and you know put yourself in position of things that you want to get booked for and so i was always a science nerd even right even uh that i didn't and i always had that kind of hidden inside of me especially coming in as a musician and especially as a hip-hop artist right you were it wasn't wasn't cool to show that you know nerd side and science nerd side right and so i always kind of had that part a little bit hidden and i really started to hone in on it a lot more and i was like this is who i am at the core i am just this guy that enjoys multiple different things i love science i love music i love entertainment fashion all these different things how can i really merge this into one and so i had this sketch comedy idea of this quirky science nerd that was into music and pop culture and dance and fashion and probably talked about science and inappropriate situations that weren't really fitting and that was really <laughs> who i was right and because came this funny sketch comedy idea and i did a bunch of like videos on youtube and social media and they just kind of slowly started building traction uh ultimately to the point where it got recognized uh by a couple producers out here and we started in development of a show that didn't really transition into where we wanted it to go but it gave me the platform of knowing oh there's a need for this and people are actually getting educated and learning from this and that was at the core of something i always wanted to do was influence people not only from an entertaining perspective but people could walk away and feel more informed feel more empowered and that's what i was bringing to the table with the hip-hop science platform and so many people are reaching out to me and like oh we learned so much from your videos i now show this to my kids and all these different things and it really just snowballed into this whole stem outreach platform which is is right now where i use music entertainment and comedy as tools to educate on a wide variety of scientific topics how did you develop the persona did it come naturally to you um or did you have to screen test it mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't i i it's a persona in the sense that, you know, I, you know, I'm known as the hip hop MD, right? Says that's like my character, you know, my lab coat, headphones, glasses. Uh, that's kind of like my normal setup, right? Like everybody's like, Bill Nye's got his lab coat and, you know, his bow tie. That's kind of his 
is is set up and me i got my headphones and i got my glasses and sometimes i got my lab coat sometimes i got something else on but that was kind of my my persona but at the end of the day it was it was who i was right like i wasn't even though i i you know i play this character in this way but that character is truly who i am i get fascinated curious and excited about science whenever i talk about it i get hyped I bring this energy, right? And that's the same energy that I bring when I talk to people about things that I'm passionate about. So in a sense, it was a persona, but it was also truly just who I was and me having a chance to talk about these nerdy, interesting things that I would normally sit at home on my phone and watch and be like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And be in this wormhole of researching and everything like that. Uh, but I never really had an outlet to be able to express that. And the hip hop science platform became that outlet for me to be able to just showcase and talk about the cool things that I love loved and do it in a unique, interesting way that merged all of these different things that I knew and cared about as well. How do you think about selling yourself as a, as a product to people that you work with, um, to, to sponsors that you have? I was listening to a really interesting interview that was probably like 15 years ago now with uh, Alton Brown, who is the host of Good Eats on the Food Network and Iron Chef America. And this was an interview with uh, the big with Donnie Deutsch, the the, the you know, multi hundred millionaire advertiser, and he said, you know, there are a lot of people who who envy what you do, who think that, yeah, this person's just kind of having fun. They can, they you know, they have this this charisma, but you know. I would like to do that. Maybe I should, maybe I should do that, but not everyone can. And not, not that many people, not that many people can, not that many people are comfortable on camera or can write their own scripts, have the, the passion to, to, uh, to withstand the grind of doing it day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And, and also the product is you like, you are the hip hop MD and, and hip hop sciences is, is you. So how do you, how do you think about developing your own brand and being comfortable with you being, being it, you know, you're not selling a toothbrush or something you're selling, you're selling you and your passion. Yeah. I think for me, that part, that part actually as well for me came pretty natural. And I think it stemmed from having my entertainment side and my love for entertainments, right? So it's the same thing as working as an actor. You are your product, you are your brand as well too. And having that, and, and even as a music, as a music, uh, music artist, as a musician. So being that and doing that all since I was in elementary school to high school to college, being an artist, being a performer, always wanted to be in front of camera and being the center of attention. That was always natural to me. And so honing into my entertainment side and having uh, being wor working on sets and working on film projects and working on music projects and performing on stage, all those gave me the ability and the tools really that helped shape what I do now with my hip hop science platform. I gained so many different things as far as being comfortable in front of camera, knowing how to sell myself, knowing how to uh, relate to others, knowing how to connect with other people, knowing how to, to speak eloquently on different topics and be informed and have a presence on social media, all these different things came from me having all those different backgrounds in entertainment and in music. And that really helped shape what I do now. And so, you know, I never really had this plan initially when I started doing the hip hop science 
uh, as a sketch comedy. I never had this thought that I was going to become, you know, a public speaker and doing keynote presentations and doing workshops with students and workshops with uh, high level employees and educators and working with tech companies and all these different things. I never had that foresight for it, like that really transitioned and shaped along the way, along the journey. But I always knew what I was at, at, at the core. And I think it really came from me being foundationally comfortable with who I was and what I was about and sharing that with the people and sharing that with the public and being open and honest about what I loved, what I liked doing and bringing that passion to the table. And I think ultimately within any career, if you bring your true authentic self to the table, you will find a niche and find a community of people that will respond to it. Tell me about your headphones that you're wearing right yeah. now. What they're they're very attractive looking. <laughs> you you chose them deliberately. What what is what's awesome about them? Yeah, well these these headphones are my more recent headphones. I've like bounced around through different headphones. I remember for a while I had some like Sony, some like old school Sony headphones, really big blocky ones that I used for a while. And then, uh, and then for a while, I got actually sponsored uh, by this one company, uh, Urban Vinyl, uh, and I had these, uh, had these kind of wood grain headphones, and I used these for a long time until uh, the company transitioned into doing some uh, other projects. And then, you know, about a year and a half or two years ago, I found these headphones, and I was like, "Oh, these are dope! You can customize them." And you know, I got my hip hop science logo here on the sides, and. Obviously, these are wireless and everything like that. So it, it, it was kind of the, the natural upgrade to the next level. And, and always the metal cladding. Them. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so these are actually V-Moda. The brand of these are V-Moda. Uh, if anybody from V-Moda is watching, I've been trying to reach out to these guys on some on some on some some branding stuff, you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I love these headphones. They're they great. They fit with the look and persona. But, you know, like I'm all like I, I change with the seasons. Right. Who knows? I might find another dope set of headphones that might. <laughs> to reflect uh, you know who i am later down the road but yeah the headphones are just part of the look and and i think the headphones are more so than just you know necessarily gimmick in a way um i've come to find within this platform because a lot of what i talk about is you know that the importance of diversity and inclusion and getting more minority representation in science and one of the things i always showcase and highlight is is the is changing the face of what a scientist looks like and like I talked about earlier, when I was you know, doing my nuclear engineering internship, people didn't see people that look like me as a nuclear engineer. And I was, you know, I had my, my like old school throwback jerseys and Air Force Ones. And I'd be on the bus, you know, going to, uh, you know, going to class and stuff. And people were like, wait, you're an engineer. You don't look like an engineer. And so part of the old persona with the headphones and the look right because i because a lot of times i present I, i'll present with keynote uh, presentations with my headphones on when i'm doing workshops with students i got you know i got some fresh jordans on and, and some sweats and everything like that i want to showcase that you can be your true authentic self dress how you want you know the, you know be who you are and not feel like you necessarily have to conform to what the society thinks an engineer or thinks a scientist looks like and showcase to other students that may have a passion and a love for science that you can bring your true self to the table, still be smart, still be educated, still be into fashion and all these different things like that as well too. So the headphones are really symbolic for being true to who you are and really changing and breaking that mode of the stereotype of what a scientist is supposed to be. What changes would you like to see uh, in engineering institutions to be more equitable to a diverse workforce? Yeah, I would say number one for sure is 
uh, finding more unique ways to be able to bridge that gap, right? Because a lot of times we think of science particularly as something that only happens in a lab, only happens in the classroom. And outside of it, it, it has no relation, right? And I think a lot of us grew up with like, oh, when am I ever going to use this and different things like that? Uh, the applications of science are so important. It's so important for students, especially young students, to be able to see where they can utilize these different things, where they can be able to take a profession in the future and think outside the box of just, oh, we just go to the classroom and we learn about this, but it's not actually functional in day-to-day -day life. And so that's why a lot of what I try to do on this platform is showcase the versatile uses and the fact that science isn't everything. So, oh, you love video games? Like this is what's happening in technology and VR and AR and artificial intelligence and how this can be applied in, in, in video games and different things that you play uh, in sports, right? The, the So many different things happening, physiology and neurology, right? That affect athletes and different trainings and different things like that. So finding unique applications of where you know, students especially can insert science into day-to-day -day things that they love, music and entertainments and going to movies, right? And thinking about the science that's at work and some of your favorite movies and shows that you watch, finding and bridging that gap. I think a lot of ways we can do that for with educational institutions, right? Being able to not only find supportive voices as far as mentors and professionals that are in the field, uh, representation, showcasing more black scientists and black doctors and, and people of color in general in, in women as well too, because there's a vast uh, um, there's a vast difference as far as uh, uh, female representation in STEM as well too. Being able to bring those voices to the table and highlight the amazing work that those people are doing is very important. And I think institutions, especially, and also businesses and employers and whatnot, can also bring that to the table and highlight people that they have that are doing incredible work in those fields. That representation is really key and goes a long way for students. How far do you want to go? Do you want to take hip hop science in your in your uh, under your stewardship? Do you want to um, do you have certain uh, uh, subscriber goals or um, uh, or you know getting a Netflix special st stuff like that? You know, do you have a do you have kind of a pie in the sky dream for uh, for what you hope to accomplish? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and the the latter of what you stated, right? So obviously having a background in entertainment and acting and even from the origins of what this started out as a sketch comedy idea, I always had a vision of this turning into a show. And that's always been really a big number one goal of mine was not only just having a show, but being able to bring this to the masses and be able to change the face of science. Right. So I grew up on, you know, Bill Nye and, and Bill Nye always had a show and he's still doing a show right now with his most uh, recent uh, uh, Peacock special. Uh, but being able to now be kind of that new face of science and bring that new energy and enthusiasm to science and teach science in a way that I always felt should have been taught in the way that I wish that I was taught science when I was younger and being able to find that connection to students. So having a show, whether that be a, a Netflix special or, uh, you know, whatever streaming channel or streaming platform, that's something that's always been a number one goal of mine with this platform. 
And actually something that I have in the works right now. I mean, I've been in and out of different production deals that haven't gotten uh, the, the way I hoped them to go because, you know, the entertainment industry is very fickle, right? You'll, you'll be thinking you're on this upward trajectory and then something happens and it's like back down to square one. Uh, but have some great opportunities right now in the works with my team uh, doing some incredible things right now. And so I am speaking to existence that hopefully uh, in the near future we'll have uh, something where I can be able to bring this hip hop science show from just in you know instagram and youtube and tiktok to a mainstream platform where i have an opportunity to be able to influence a lot of people across the globe with this so that's definitely one of the big goals for uh this work for sure is it self-advocacy do you do you work with a with a talent firm or an agent yeah i, I have a manager um i have a manager and i've worked with firms and production companies and so yeah it takes a team for sure like you know one obviously having the the platform and, and being able to do stuff on socials obviously helps because we are in social media age, right? With influencers and different things. And so having that presence for sure helps. Uh, but at the end of the day too, you still have to have the talent. You still have to have all these different elements. And so that's why I've been doing so many different things with the platform from doing you know brand partnerships and still putting out consistent uh, information on YouTube and different platforms, doing speaking engagements, all of these are really lending itself to the versatility that I'm able to bring to the table and hopefully shedding light on what I can do if given the opportunity to be able to bring this to a mainstream platform. I noticed that when you picked up the call, you were doing some engineering on your own uh, work. Um, is Do you think that your training as an engineer has helped you do some of the... Uh, some of the post-processing um, type of work that that you need to do. You know, you have a an interest in audio in audio equipment from your background in music, and and I wonder if there's an engineering tie-in there as well, where the uh, the left and the right brain can uh, can can interact. Yeah, definitely. I always I always tell people that, especially as an engineer. The things that you learn in college, especially the, the, the most fundamental part that assists you later on is the problem solving element. As an engineer, you're all about solving problems day in, day out. How can we fix this? How, you know, this bottleneck happened now? How can we overcome this? You're always problem solving and everything. And I think that logical problem solving mind has definitely helped me out in so many different ways because you know, even in entertainment and doing the work that I'm doing now as an entrepreneur within business, you're always going to come across bottlenecks. You're always going to come across situations where, oh, this isn't working. I got to transition into something else. How can I now make the shift? How can I do this research and find the information that I need to be able to now leapfrog into something else, right? Having that problem solving part of my brain has definitely helped me overcome so many different challenges that I face in the work that I do. And I think overall, that's really what the STEM fields do in a lot of ways is teach you how to be a problem solver, how to be innovative, uh, and how to be uh, think outside the box and find different ways to get to the same finish line and do it quicker and do it more efficiently. So definitely having that engineering background has helped me in a ton of with different ways. Do you have favorite scientific topics? Oh, absolutely. Uh, as I said, biology, wildlife was always my first love. And even though I have a background in engineering and I work professionally as an engineer, a lot of my content definitely skews towards the biology, wildlife, science 
elements. Uh, I do a lot of wildlife explorations and, you know, backyard science trips and nature walks and all sorts of different things and discovering organisms and, you know, catching snakes and frogs. And I've been, I've spent 30 days out at sea doing a marine science uh, expedition. Oh, with Ballard. I heard, I heard about that. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's, that's always going to be my first love. And that, that part just comes naturally to me because I just naturally have always loved wildlife and different things happening in, in organisms. And I'm on the board of the directors for uh, this uh, platform called Reserva. It's the first fully youth funded nature reserve and we're helping protect a plot of land in Ecuador. And we had the opportunity to discover a new species of frog and I was part of naming this new species. And so it's so I, that part to me is always fascinating and something that I'm always gonna love. And so definitely a lot of my content that I do skews towards the wildlife side, uh, but you know, I touch on everything I said, space, astronomy, you know, technology, obviously, uh, but body, biology, wildlife, I think in, in, inwardly has always been uh, a part of me that I was always passionate about and always loved. Do you write all of your own scripts or do you work with writers sometimes? Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to start working with more writers soon because I'm at the point now where it's like, <laughs> I'm definitely getting uh, overwhelmed with uh, too many different projects. But yeah, at this stage, I've literally all of the content that, you know, for anybody that's watching out there that goes and checks out anything that's on my website or YouTube channel or Instagram, uh, I write and research all of my own. So that's definitely something I've taken pride in for sure. And it's definitely helped me along the way of knowing how to, you know, properly you know, articulate different scientific topics and working now professionally as a science communicator, there are a lot of different elements that you have to bring to the table of knowing how to present science information the proper way. And that's kind of come through trial and fire and figuring that out and, you know, watching other peers and people doing SciComm work as well too. But yes, everything from top to bottom that I do on my platform has been written and researched and done by myself. Uh, So I always love having a hand in that part, but definitely as any business comes, as you progress, and things start to get bigger and your workloads start to change, uh, you definitely need more hands in the table to really be able to get a lot of the work done. So there will definitely be some more transitions as this continues to grow. When you walk down the spice aisle at a grocery store, what do you know about seasoning that uh, the average person doesn't? <laughs> I know how difficult it was to get on that shelf. <laughs> Number one. Good answer. Number one. That's that's the that's the part that people don't think. They see all these different spots. It's like, oh, you got black pepper and oregano and all these different things. Oh, cool. I got so many different options. But for whatever company that you're seeing that has that product on the shelf, they've gone through a million and one pitfalls and obstacles just to be able to get that one little bottle or one little box or whatever food item that you see in the store, there's been a ton and ton of background work just to be able to get that product on the shelf. And I know that firsthand spending five, six years cold calling people day in, day out, reaching out to packaging companies, reaching out to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to food distributors, the whole nine yards. Uh, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of energy just to be able to break through and get a product on the shelf. And what uh, is your, what is your brand called? Our, our brand is called uh, Jada, Jada Brands. Uh, we carry our line of all-purpose uh, vegan seasonings, chicken salt, as you mentioned earlier, uh, as well as our turmeric salt. 
And then we also have a line of plant-based meats as well, too. We have our plant-based chicken uh, with three different skews, an original barbecue and a Mediterranean flavor. And it's it's a dry mix. You add water and oil and you can shape it into any chicken alternative that you want. You can shape it into nuggets, meatballs, patties, ground mix, uh, bake it, air fry it, throw it on the grill, and you have a complete uh, plant-based chicken ready for consumption. Oh, amazing. Um, Are you vegan yourself? So I bounce around for sure. Um, I go through like my vegan stretches, I'm mostly pescatarian, uh, but I, I, I do mix, I do mix in meats here and there. I've always been the type that's always not necessarily focused on whatever, whatever blank atarian. I've always kind of been focused on, you know, trying to eat healthy and, uh, being cognizant of what I put into my body. So I'll have like you know, a month stretch where like, you know, I'm only eating pescatarian. This is what I'm focused on. And then I'll transition into something else. And maybe I might incorporate some meats and maybe I might do some plant-based only for, for a while. So I definitely bounce around. Uh, but I always tell people, you know, find what works for you, what works for your body and your diet at that time and be cognizant about what you put into your body. So I have to ask about fitness because I saw your demo reel and your you're a ripped dude. <laughs> so how do you how do you have time to like, uh, continue to work out with all the other stuff that you're doing? Yeah. Uh, one of my big idols is The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I've always been a big wrestling fan. Uh, so I've, I've been a fan of uh, The Rock forever. Uh, but one of the things that he always preaches is having a foundation, right? And having a core and finding that balance. And, you know, he's obviously a, a, you know, you know, mega superstar, right? Doing, you know, movies and shows and all sorts of different things, but he finds time to work out regularly and stay in, uh, stay in shape. Right. And if he can do it with that schedule, like I, anybody should be able to do it and fit into the routine. And so what I do for me, working out in fitness and staying in shape is, is part of my routine schedule. I have schedule at, you know, three days a week, sometimes four I'm at the gym. So the first thing I do when I wake up, I head to the gym, do an hour, hour and a half workout and continue the rest of my day. And for me, it's just as foundational as brushing my teeth and, you know, taking a shower, right? It's it's, once you implement that and make it a part of your routine, your day to day, then it doesn't become something that you can't make time for. It becomes something that is part of your time and you factor it into whatever it is that you do. Wonderful. Is there anything that you'd wished uh, I'd asked about or that you want to share with our audience that I may have missed? Wow. Uh, yeah, we covered a lot, <laughs> we covered a lot more than I thought we were going to cover. Um, no, I think, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, people always ask, uh, and this, you know, I always, always try to at least drop nuggets of motivation and inspiration because, I know people are always fighting their lanes and trying to find what they're passionate about and how to overcome different things and how to be perfect, whatever lane that they're in. Uh, Everything that I've done in my journey has never started out as perfection. Everything is for me has always been by doing and executing. And so if you have an idea and you think that this could develop into something, you may not have the full vision yet for it. 
but start making the small baby steps you need to start executing, start doing, because it's not until you start putting that action, uh, implementing that action, that you start seeing where it can transition and where it can go and how it can reshape into something that you never knew or thought that it could go. So for anybody that has an idea and wants to start something, it could be a business, could be working as an entrepreneur, it could be an idea, an invention, uh, an outreach effort, whatever it is, start doing, start making the steps. You're going to learn along the way. You're going to get better. You're going to improve. The work that I'm doing now as a science communicator is vastly different than what this hip hop science platform started when I did my very first hip hop science video to now it's continued to escalate. It's continued to grow. My work as an entrepreneur has reshaped and reshifted uh, over time because I've learned different things. I've talked to experts. I've watched with other people and seen what's seen what other trials and tribulations others have had to overcome. So start making action, start executing, uh, and you'll definitely see that shift and that transition happen to what you ultimately want to become. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that piece of wind wisdom. Uh, Maynard Okereke, thank you so much again for coming on Ideas in STEM Ed. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate you for having me. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to Ideas in STEM Ed, a production of the Idea Engineering Student Center in the Jacobs School of Engineering at UC San Diego. This episode was edited and engineered by Sky Lee with theme music written and performed by John Viviani. Title art was created by Caitlin Wong. Special thanks to Sarah Eckerd for guest booking and marketing. The Idea Center works to promote community, success, and inclusion at all levels. To reach us for guest suggestions and other feedback, please send an email to ideadirector at eng.ucsd.edu. And to learn more about our programs, visit jacobschool.ucsd.edu front idea. As a final note, the views expressed by me or the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Idea Center, the Jacobs School of Engineering, or UC San Diego. See you next time.